The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. Christ Universal Temple is a New Thought Christian Church, and we have our services on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. until 12 noon if you're in the Chicagoland area, please stop by. We would love to see you. We'll treat you right. If you are in another location, in another city, or somewhere around the world, and you're listening to this show and you want to know more about Christ Universal Temple, you can watch our live stream at www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org. You can log on, listen to some great music, watch the fellowship, and listen to a great sermon by Reverend Wells. So I'm going to continue teaching from the book Prosperity. We are in the midst of the series Prosperity by Charles Fillmore, and we're on Lesson 9, which is on tithing, the road to prosperity, tithing, the road to prosperity. And obviously, I want to make sure I hear from you on this show. So if you have a tithing testimony, I would like for you to call in to 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Let me know about how you have worked the law of giving it, giving and receiving through tithing. Now, before I get into Fillmore's book, and one of the things that I did, by the way, sidebar, ask everyone who is following along with this series to do is Get the book Prosperity. You can buy it in a uh, in a, uh, a physical book, you know, like we used to do with all our books, a soft cover copy. You can order it online, and there are even free versions floating around on the Internet. So there's no reason why you can't follow along with this series and read ahead. Now, I realized last week I wasn't on the show. I had to take a little vacation. Uh, I didn't do the show last week, so everybody should be caught up. And you might even have an opportunity to go back and do a little bit of reading about on some of the things that you might have read maybe the first time. Maybe thought you thought you had some great insight, but as you continue to read it, as you continue to work with it, you'll have the revelation of what it is saying to you, to your soul, and how you need to apply these principles. Now, before I actually get into the book, I wanted to read uh, something out of another book, because I always like to let people know about good information. This book is titled How to Have Unexpected Income by John Walcott Adams. How to Have Unexpected Income by John Walcott Adams. And on page 81, excuse me, yeah, page 81, he talks about several things that I think is, is really good. Excuse me, not page 81, page 88. He says, giving a tenth of your whole income to God's good work helps to bring rich financial increase and protect you from negative experiences. 
Tithing makes a divine connection with the source of all wealth. It is one of the surest ways I know to verify within your consciousness that God is the source of your supply and establish a link within the supply itself. Another good thing about tithing is that it helps to eliminate those negative financial surprises that no one needs. So basically what he's saying is when you start working with the consciousness of tithing, what you're doing is increasing your consciousness of God as the source of your supply, therefore increasing um, your ability to create wealth in your experience. He also says that this also serves somewhat as a divine protector of things that could possibly go wrong, but because you're in the flow of your own good, it keeps you out of the consciousness of lack and limitation that can draw experiences to you that might not be preferable. He goes on to say on page 89, and again, we're teaching the book Prosperity today, but I want to read a couple of points from the book, How to Have Unexpected Income, before we get into into Charles Charles Fillmore's book. He goes on to say, what is a tithe? He says, a tithe is 10% 10% of your whole income before deductions. That's cl- I wanted to make sure that was clear. A tithe is 10% of your whole income before deductions. All right. Then he says, if you want the universe to get full measure, you must give in the same way. So one of the things that tithing does is it helps train the consciousness to be in a flow of giving and receiving that you're giving that we want the support of the universe. So we are constantly keeping our prosperity in circulation. Remember that word in circulation. Reverend Ike used to say that he never spent money. He only circulated money because to spend means to get rid of circulate means it comes back. One last or two, a couple of more points from John Walcott Adams book. And then we'll open Fillmore's book on page 90. He says, A tithe is not a gift, nor is it charity. Neither is it a reward or payment for services. Do not use your tithe to pay bills or to help relatives and friends. When you want to help others financially, give them seed money and claim your tenfold return on that. Make sure that you use your tithe for nothing but to further God's good work. I think that's plenty self-explanatory. He said, then he goes on to say, in other words, give back to God 10% and use the rest for other things. Take it off the top and give it first before using the money for anything else. When you make a habit of giving to God first, you'll be surprised at how far your money goes. Now, one of my uh, teachers and um, spiritual mothers, uh, Reverend Evelyn Boyd here at Christ Universal Temple, uh, she used to tell us in class years ago that if you can put money if you can put God first with your money, you can put God first in anything. And we would laugh in class, but it's true because we're funny about our money. So it's really important for us to realize that tithing teaches us how to really put God first because we say God first. But how does that really show up in our experiences? It really doesn't show up well. So what tithing does is it allows us to be able to say, I put God first in my life because almost everything we do one way or another in the physical realm involves money. I didn't say everything. I said almost everything we do in one way or another has to deal with the circulation of money that he goes on to say. If you think you cannot afford to tithe, then you must use the money for personal things. You do not yet understand the law of increase. In other words, he's saying that you have to realize that there are things that you take care of, but you give your way out systematically. In other words, put it this way. You know, often I describe the mind sort of like a wild horse that has never had anyone mounted. And then you come along with your saddle, try to get on the horse and it starts to kick and buck because it's not used to anybody being on it. Well, the mind kicks and bucks because it's not used to the discipline. So it's really important 
for us to create a system of discipline for the mind. One of the other benefits of tithing is it puts your thinking in divine order. Because as you systematically give before you just start randomly paying bills, randomly shopping, randomly taking care of your responsibilities, you're stopping acknowledging God as the source and making sure that you are always being a giver. You know, Robert Kiyosaki talks about in his book, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad for Teens, that people should teach their children to to give 10 percent first. Invest 10 percent and save 10 percent. And that way they get in the habit of not, first of all, giving first. Because givers are leaders, but also getting into the consciousness of of realizing that you don't live off of every dollar that you have, that you have to invest back into it. And tithing in and of itself is an investment. So with that concept, he's basically saying the first 30 percent of your income should be an investment in yourself. The first 30 percent, because even the tithe. Is an investment in yourself. All right. He goes on to say on page 91. Give your tithe to a church or spiritual organization, minister or other person who is directly involved in God's work. It is best to give where you are receiving your spiritual food. Now, Reverend Coleman, Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman used to always emphasize this. You tithe where you're fed. You tithe where you're fed. Why is this important? Because you're supporting the 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 spiritual work. Now, the tithe isn't between you and the minister. The tithe isn't between you and the church. The tithe is between you and the divine principle that we call God. We're working with mind action. We're working with divine law. God is not some personality that says, oh, you didn't give your tithe, so, you know, I'm going to remove my hand from you. No, we're developing a consciousness. So through the law of giving and receiving, as we continue to support our own spiritual growth, we're also planting seeds for the spiritual growth and development of others. So as we support the ministries in our lives um, through systematic giving, we're also saying that we expect to be systematic receivers of good. Because we're acknowledging God as the source. And we're also making an investment in humanity. Because as we give and others are blessed, like we have been blessed through whoever or whatever, you know, organization or person that we have been spiritually fed, then the world becomes a better place because of our investment in the ministry. Again, the tithe isn't between you and the minister. The tithe is not between you and the organization. The tithe is between you and God. It's your covenant. That's a good way of saying it. It's your covenant. One last thing from this book, and then we're going to go over to Fillmore's book on page 97. He says, does tithing really work? Yes. It has always worked for those who practice it faithfully in the right attitude. To be most effective, tithing should be practiced voluntarily through understanding of the law of giving and receiving and in faith and joy. While it may be easier for a person to tithe when required to, it is better to do it lovingly and freely without coercion. Now, I read all of those things because I wanted to make sure that um, we had a good base before we get into Fillmore's book. I'm going to cover a couple of quick points and then we'll go um, and take our first break on page 131 of the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. He quotes a couple of scriptures and he is quoting from the old, I believe, American uh, revised or version or American standard version uh, that was around in the early 20th century. Honor Jehovah with thy substance and with the first fruit of all thine increase. So thy barn shall be filled with plenty and thy vat shall overflow with new wine. Then he goes on and explains what a tithe is. Then he goes on at the bottom of, of it and says, in the third chapter of Malachi, we find God's blessings, excuse me, blessing directly connected with faithfulness and giving 
to the Lord's treasury. But the gifts should be made because it is right and because one loves to give, not from a sense of duty or for sake of reward. In other words, it's not about looking me. In other words, uh, Paul said the best in the stated later, God loves a cheerful giver, which means the attitude, the consciousness in which we give matters. It matters a lot. He then quotes Jesus on page 132 when Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall they give unto your bosom. For with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. So again, Jesus was teaching the law of giving and receiving that if we want to be in a constant flow of good, we have to be in a consistent flow of giving. You know, uh, I was reading the um, little book by Mark Victor Hansen last night, preparing for the show called The Miracle of Tithing. And he gives all of these examples. Now, Mark Victor Hansen is the person who, who uh, is the co-author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And they've probably sold over 100 million books. And he makes sure that out of the sales of his book, they tithe. Is it a coincidence that as he continues to give, he receives? And he mentions all of these people because he's quite famous. Uh, people who are millionaires and billionaires who are consistently giving millions of dollars in, in education, investment, schooling, building libraries, et cetera, et cetera, that sometimes we don't talk about. You know, high level celebrities. And, um, you know, he mentions about uh, a person in the book who owns these chain restaurants. I believe it's Rank Forest Cafe and Famous Days when he says the guy gives away 90 percent of his income. He's and he lives off the 10 percent. He's still mega rich. And how Warren Buffett has already set up the, the majority of his wealth, his billions, like over 90 percent of it. Once he makes his transition, will go to charitable foundations, givers, givers, givers. In other words, through my giving, I am helping support and create a consciousness of uh, that that helps the world work for everybody. Now think about that. If a person is extremely rich and they live off of the 10% and they give 90% away. We would say that's incredible. Well, he can only do that because he's rich, but maybe he figured something out. And as he kept getting wealthy, he realized that he wanted to make an impact in the world. I just think it's beautiful, a beautiful uh, uh, understanding that he's in, that he can have all of these chains of, of, and at the same time, be a tie the plus that's beyond a tie the plus. Now, we're coming up on our first break, so I want to make sure that I get a couple of um, points out in this last minute before the break. If you have any tithing testimonies, I would love to hear from you. Uh, please call 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Also, please remember that this Internet radio station, Unity Online Radio, is supported by your online donations. So please click on the donate button. Support this show. Support the other shows on this Internet radio show so we can continue to spread the good news of new thought around the world. So please be that space. Allow If, if you're being fed through this show, then this show should be able to receive your financial support we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with truth transforms It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listener support to broadcast the messages of unity to an awakening world. 
To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. When you pray, do you wonder if anyone is listening? What should and can you ask of God? Why aren't your prayers being answered? Prayer is a challenge for many of us. Now there's a new book that can help deepen your understanding. Based on his 35 years in ministry, author Jim Rosemurgy has developed a prayer and meditation practice called The Gathering. In just 40 days, The Gathering will become your foundation for a genuine, ever-deepening experience of God's imminent presence and unlimited power. You'll understand that God can't fulfill your needs, but your needs can be met. You'll see that prayer isn't something you do. It's something you experience. Explore Jim Rosemurgy's new book, The Gathering, a 40-day guide to the power of group and personal prayer. Available now at www.unitybooks.org. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paula Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we're teaching the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. Uh, We're on the chapter um, titled Tithing, The Road to Prosperity, which is Lesson 9 or Chapter 9 in the book Prosperity. I'm looking for some people who have some tithing testimonies. And I would love to hear from you. So if you have any, please give me a call at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. All right, moving on. Mr. Fillmore basically states on on page 134, because I'm not going to obviously can't teach the, the whole chapter line by line. He states, in order that the plan of giving may be successful there are several things that must be observed first there must be a willing mind now we talked about that earlier with attitude we have to make sure that we are willing to work it not not being willful but willing willing to allow the divine process to play itself out properly also we're also dealing with um Secondly, he says, the giving must be done in faith, and there must be no withholding because the offering seems small. So in other words, it doesn't make a difference. If you say, well, I don't have a lot, well, start there and give from there. Because it's important that you start to develop the consciousness that of, of, of abundance because one of the things that drive pro- poverty is is the thought of not enough, the thought of lack. So when the thought of lack comes to us is normally with his brother, fear. In other words, when you don't think you have enough, fear kicks in. And when you're fearful that you don't have enough, then the decisions that you make, the thoughts you have, the images that play in mind, the feelings that you have, the beliefs that it pulls up, how it shifts your perception all is happening at the same time, and you might not realize it. So it's really, really important to understand that we have to give willingly and in faith. All right. He goes on to say on page 135, 
A third requisite for keeping the law of giving and receiving is that the offering shall be just and fair proportion of all that one receives. Now, in the book, he goes on later to talk about the tithing concept. Because in this, he's talking about Paul and how Paul was teaching the law of giving in the New Testament. But it's important for, for you to realize, as I've been mentioning earlier, that tithing creates a systematic um, uh, a systematic way of working with truth. Uh, we have a caller on the line. Um, yeah, you can put her through. Uh, uh, Steve, you can put her through. Hello, is she there? Yes. Hi, is this Ruth? Yes, this is Ruth calling from Hi. Texas. Hi, Ruth from Texas. How are you doing? And thank you for your uh, support of my Facebook page with comments and, and extra stuff. Thank you for responding to my uh, comments. And uh, I am just so grateful and so thankful to have a teacher like you. And that is so ready for my questions. No problem, no problem. Do you have uh, um, Do you have any uh, uh, questions or comments? I just want to thank you for the best uh, explanation on tithing during the first segment of your show because uh, I haven't been feeling comfortable about the idea of tithing, but just listening to the first segment, that just really kind of uh, makes me feel, wow, okay, now I got the idea. Okay, now you know I'm feeling very comfortable. Like you said that, okay, put God first. Okay, it is in my consciousness, you know, about my relationship with God and now with, with the worldly religious organization. So I really, really want to thank you for helping me to understand the idea of tithing during the show. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad. Keep listening. Keep supporting the show. Keep working with the material. And we're going to grow and evolve all together so we can make this a world that works for everybody. Okay, Ruth? I will. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Mm -hmm. You too. All right, so on page, excuse me, on page 136, Mr. Fillmore goes on to say, true spiritual giving rewards with a double joy. First, that which comes with the laying of the gift upon the altar or in the Lord's treasury, then the joy of sharing our part of God's bounty with others. One of the blessings is the satisfying knowledge that we are meeting the law and paying our debt of love and justice to the Lord. Now, I wouldn't use the term paying debt of love, but I get his point. What he's saying is we're so abundantly blessed that this gives us a, a, a small opportunity to give back all that we receive. Now you say, well, I don't have anything. I'm, I don't, my money's not right. I'm, you know, the bills aren't paid. Um, I'm laid off, etc. But we give thanks to God for the intelligence that flows through our mind. We give thanks for God for the life that flows through our bodies. We give thanks that we don't have to think about how to digest food, for the heart to beat, for the lungs to work properly, for the eyes or whatever. And even if you have any physical limitations on any any of the things I mentioned, please realize that 90-something percent of the rest of your body works perfectly in divine order. Start praising that, thanking God for what is working properly, thanking God that you were at a uh, state physically at one point of your life where you couldn't take care of yourself and somebody fed you, clothed you, cleaned you, uh, put shelter over your head, educated you, etc. We start to thank God for what we have received. We start to thank God for the blessings that are already available. We thank God. So see, it's a shift in consciousness. See, because when you when the world is occurring to you as a, a world of limitation, you don't see options. But when you start to look for the blessings, you find other blessings that you weren't looking for. So what tithing does is it systematically changes the way you think. It's a system. If you know. I almost wish that we had uh, we we had the ability to have a spiritual training camp, a boot camp for the mind. You know, when when a, a team goes, you know, we're about to start the football season in the United States, and in the NFL, you have to go to training camp. It's normally about a month, and they do two a days, and they do all of the drills, and they get the guys in shape, and they 
They make sure that they run all the plays properly before they go back to their regular training facility. At training camp, you're away from your family. You're away from the many of the cares and concerns of the world, and you just focus on the task at hand. Well, that's a systematic way of getting people prepared for the season. Well, tithing is a systematic way of training the mind to develop a consciousness of prosperity, divine order, and putting God first. Look at it that way. It's a boot camp. You know, the, in, in boot camp, the people have to learn how to stop being just the individual and, being, and learn how to become a part of a unit. Well, we are working with the concept of God incorporated and you incorporated. God as you incorporated is probably a better way of saying it. So, in other words, let me stop thinking about how to do things my way and start to figure out how to do things the way divine intelligence is seeking to express through me. Just like the sergeant is breaking that soldier down so they can recondition the mind to follow directions consistently without doubt so they can accomplish the task at hand. You have an inner teacher, but we doubt the inner teacher. And since we don't have an outer sergeant, we have to do the inner work to make sure that we discipline our minds. So when spirit speaks, when spirit says do this, when spirit says handle it that way, we're consistently used to being obedient because we've set up the systems in our lives to make sure that it shows up as obedience. We, you know, we have our disciplines. I tell people, you know, you know, you know, prayer shouldn't be just for emergencies. You should have a prayer life. You know, uh, it, it, your study time shouldn't be just for when you have something to accomplish. Your spiritual study and practice should be a part of your regular life, your daily life. You know, people say, how do you read all those books, uh, Reverend McDowell? Because I read every day. It's a part of my life. If I go on vacation, I'm reading books. If I'm home, I'm reading books. If I'm preparing for a lesson, I'm reading books. If I'm preparing for this show, I'm reading books. If I'm preparing for a class, I'm reading books. I'm listening to CDs. While other people are doing other things while they're cleaning around the house, I'm cleaning around the house when I have a CD on. And I'm listening to something that can help me while I'm doing it. I'll even do yard work, put my headphones on, and while I'm out there cutting bushes and and, and raking grass, I'm listening to something. Why? It's maintaining the consciousness. I'm in Chicago shoveling snow uh, in the wintertime with my headphones in my ears, listening not to the latest R&B track, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm serious about what I do. Because what I'm doing is conditioning the mind to go where I want. What, What tithing does is it creates grooves You know, if you remember the old LPs before we went to tapes and then CDs and now, you know, downloads, when a person wanted to listen to music, they had to go to the store and buy an LP. But sometimes the LPs would get stuck when you would drop the needle on the LP and would get stuck in a groove. And in that groove, it would just repeat over and over again that one part of the song. You know, I love you. I love you. I love you. Well, when you are tithing, you are putting God first, God first, God first, God first. You're stuck in that groove because no matter what you're doing, you're not coming out of it. That's the same tape that's playing over and over in your mind. So when you get the money and the first thing you're thinking is I need to write my tithe check, I need to be practicing the law of giving and receiving, then I need to go forward with that. Sidebar, which is not in the book so much, but I do think that it's important that I do mention it. One of the other things that I strongly support in the concept of tithing is tithing your time. You know, we talk about, oh, I'm so busy. I got all this stuff to do, but that we don't go back and actually do the inner work that we need to do to give to other people. What I mean by that, make do your prayer work and then as you are guided to do so, go out and support others in the community. Volunteer. Mentor somebody. You know, go to your pastor of your church or some or non-for-profit organization or for-profit org- organization and volunteer your services. Okay, well, I can only give 
two hours a week or four hours a week or one day or whatever, or if you have more time, the local library or et cetera. I don't know. As you pray, find a way to tie some time back because, again, you're working the law of giving and receiving, and it's, and it's as you give, so you receive. So as you give of your time, that also means that you're giving of your talent. If you have talents and skills that you can give, you know, some of the people who are some of the wealthiest people in the world are not people who always just sets things up for them to get paid out of it. They give and then the people who pay them to do stuff pay them well beyond what they're giving. Uh, you know, I, I, I remember, I don't know where I read it from, an uh, example of a gentleman who who um, was laid off and he couldn't at the time find a job. So he found a place, a company that he went to the manager and received permission to come in and volunteer three days a week or something like that. He would come in for like four hours because he just wanted to keep his skills up. He said, look, I don't want any money. This is not a ploy. This is not anything. I want to be able to come in and volunteer. I need to be in the flow. I don't want to sit home on the couch all day doing anything. Um, I'll, you know, while I'm not here, I'll still be applying for other jobs, trying to find an opportunity to um, uh, get my income. Well, lo and behold, he did such a great job volunteering that an opportunity was presented to him to actually come work for the company. Now, I'm not saying that that will always happen. I'm not saying that the person will always let you come volunteer in the organization. What I am saying is you don't know. You don't know. It doesn't, you can volunteer in one organization that has nothing to do with what you want to do with your life, but the simple fact that you're giving, you're tithing, you're giving of your time, you're giving of your talent. What you're doing is you're opening up a consciousness, you know, to receive blessings because where you give does not also already always mean where you receive. You can you can give and help and support one person and think that that your blessings have to come back. Through that person, no. The blessing will come through whatever channel it needs to come through. Just know that it will come, and you should expect it to come. All right. Moving on, Mr. Fillmore says. He talks about, I think, in the in the book, a really good point on page 137 and 138. I'm not going to read it all about these farmers who decided to tie the part of their land. So on page 138, he says, <clears throat> he says, many people have doubts as to whether it will really do any good to ask the Lord for protection and for plenty in regards to crops or other supplies. Many who are employed in cities or who are in the business think of the strength that they should believe in omnipresent prosperity. Thus, unbelief is present with them at the very time when the unwavering, unwavering faith is most necessary. There's a psychological reason why people should obey spiritual law. When a person obeys the law of God along any line, his faith immediately becomes strengthened in proportion and his doubts disappear. When anyone puts God first in his finances, not only in thought, but in every act by releasing his first fruit, a tenth part of his increase or income to the Lord, his faith in omnipresent supply becomes a hundredfold stronger and he prospers accordingly. Obeying this law gives him an inner knowing that he is building his finances on a sure foundation that will not fail. So when you tithe, you actually increase your faith, which gives you the ability to say yes and bring more good into your life. Isn't that powerful? Your giving is an act of faith. You're believing and trusting and knowing that this is a universe that is governed by divine law and and the supply must equal the demand. But how it works with the seed is you give a seed, yes, and the, that's the demand to the ground. It gives you supply, but the supply is always a hundredfold more than the seed. It's a deep thought. So, we have one more break to take with Truth Transforms, and if anyone else has any comments or would like to share any tithing testimonies, please give me a call at 
Also, um, don't forget that I have a Facebook page, uh, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. So please go on it, like it, share the page with others, comment on it, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to take this last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com. Amazon.com or your favorite bookseller. Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and realize your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, welcome back to Truth Transforms again. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we're wrapping up this chapter on tithing in the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. Now, one of the things that... Uh, I want to um, say before I go into the last part of what I'm going to teach out of this chapter is this. Um, there are many teachers who have many different viewpoints on the concept of tithing and should you expect a return? You know, you know, you know, it's taught many different ways. Tithe with no thought of return. Don't worry about that. It'll come back. However, it comes back. Um, I'm not, I'm not a believer of that. I'm not saying that you tithe to give, but I think you should, but no one plants seed and, and then expects not to get crop. You know, there are some people who, you know, you know, Reverend Coleman, she would talk about tithing a seed time and harvest. So if you have a seed time, you have to have a harvest. Catherine Ponder in many of her books, Dynamic Laws of Prosperity, uh, many of the millionaires of the Bible series. I was going to read something out of the millionaires of Genesis today, but I don't have time for what I wanted to get into now. Um, her millionaires of Genesis, millionaire Moses, millionaire, uh, millionaire, uh, of Nazareth, et cetera. She has a whole series of prosperity books. She talks about tithing and she says, that when one tithes, one should expect to be blessed. Expect to be blessed. Now, you have to realize expectation is a form of prayer. So if you're giving something, you don't expect anything out of it, then it's not really a seed time harvest. Now, again, 
you're not giving because of bribes. You're giving out of love. But as you give out of love, you are realizing since this is a universe that is governed by divine law, you should receive that. That doesn't mean you're receiving from the person you want it from. It might come from another person, but at the same time, that support, that love, that compassion, that kindness or whatever. Whereas the same with prosperity, you might be giving and you think it might be this job and it might end up being an investment or business idea. We have to be open and receptive how God sends the channel, but always realize that God is the source. So if you don't expect any blessings out of the process um, and that works for you, God be the glory. You should continue to do that. Uh, But I uh, know that there have been people who tithed what they expected to make for the new year. You know, I was just reading that in, um, I can't remember which book it was. I was reading all type of material last night. I don't know if it was Seed Money in Action by John Speller or Miracle of Tithing by Mark Victor Hansen, one of these ponder books, John Walcott Adams' book. But they were talking about tithing what they wanted to make. So that's one of the secrets as well. Catherine Ponder actually talks about in Millionaires of Genesis, besides your actual regular tithe, that when the people in biblical days wanted to invoke a special blessing around something, they normally did an offering around it. So it was a way of opening the consciousness up. So they would do a before and after tithe or offering it doesn't always have to be a tithe but an offering outside of the regular tithe so when they were trying to make sure that they were opening themselves up for a a, a, a big blessing they gave something now how would how would it look if we gave something before we knew what the outcome was okay we're working on a big business idea and we've done our prayer work we've done our preparation we've we've dotted every I and crossed every T and we just and then we gave a love offering for that saying you know what I'm keeping myself open and receptive to the blessing you and then somebody say well what if it doesn't work well that doesn't mean because it didn't give you that particular thing that you prepare for that that a gr- even greater blessing might be just around the corner but by doing the preparation work you have opened yourself up to it. You know, you can talk to almost any person who does preparation for sermons or classes, and they'll tell you many times the preparation for the sermon removes the blockage so the real sermon can come through. Then you get up there and you open your mouth and some stuff you've never even heard of comes out of it. You're like, wow, God, where did that come from? And it's so good, you're trying to make sure that you have to go back and listen to it yourself. That's how it works. That's how it works. So, so in Millionaires of Genesis, when you might want to get that book, uh, she talks about that, how they would set up things. They would get, when they wanted an offering or when they had a very big blessing outside of their regular tithes and offerings, they would give a thank you blessing. Now, and believe me when I tell you, many of the patriarchs of the Bible were very wealthy. We don't talk about it from that standpoint. When you start reading about all the cattle and the servants and the crop and land and all of those things, that translates today into a lot of money. Now, am I focusing only on money? No, but we're teaching the prosperity course. So when we talk about other things, we'll talk about other things. But prosperity is a part of total well-being along with health, along with joy, happiness, peace of mind, and divine order. All right. So back to the book. On page 141, he states, The promise of prosperity is that if men seek God and his righteousness first, then all shall be added unto them. One of the most practical and sensible ways of seeking God's kingdom first is to be a tither, to put God first in finances. It is the promise of God, the logical thing to do, and the experience of all who have tried it, that all things necessary to their comfort, welfare, and happiness have been added to them in an overflowing measure. Tithing establishes a method in giving and brings into the consciousness a sense of order and fitness that will be manifested in one's outer life and affairs as increased efficiency and greater prosperity. So he's saying yet again, as I mentioned earlier, when you are actually tithing, you're opening yourself up to the greater things. It's a way of seeking first the kingdom of God, seeking first this consciousness of truth within you. 
that you are one with all good. And it puts the mind in divine order. He goes on to say, another blessing that follows the practice of tithing is the continuing letting go of one of what one receives, which keeps one's mind open to the good and free of covetousness. In other words, so you don't get caught up in in being linked so tightly to the money that you can't let it go. Uh, remember, you're supposed to master money. Money should not master you. You are supposed to master money. Money should not master you. In the, the Proverbs, it says the borrower is slave to the lender. The borrower is slave to the lender. So we don't want to be in a situation where we're so tight that we don't understand that by letting it go we know that it's coming back pressed down shaking together and running over because we're systematic givers so we're should we should be systematic receivers all right then he goes on to say page 143 we must not try to fix the avenues to which our good is to come there's no reason for thinking that what you give will come back through the one to whom you gave it All men are one in Christ and form a universal brotherhood. We must put away any personal claim such as I gave to you. Now you give to me and supplant it with in so much as you did unto one of these, my brethren, even the least you did it unto me. Oh, I love that. The law will bring each of us just what is his own. The reaping of the seeds he has sown. The return will come. For it cannot escape the law, though it may quite possibly come through a very different channel from what we expect. Trying to fix the channel through which his good must come to him is one of the ways in which the personal man shuts off his own supply. So when we give freely, we receive freely from any avenue, channel or person that is needed to bring about our blessing so you don't know how it needs to come but it will come in whatever avenue is needed so God is the source so if it needs to come through the job it'll come through the job if it needs to come through investments it'll come through it if it needs to come through um, you know wealth that is passed down from generation to another generation or through a will or trust, it'll do that. If it needs to come through uh, a significant other, it'll do that. It will come. If it needs to come through your business, it'll come. If it needs to come through whatever, be open and receptive to it. As you give, make sure that you're open to receiving good. As you give, make sure you're open to receiving good. I've said on this show before, we ask God for prosperity, and we are givers many times, but we can't even accept a compliment. Hey, you look nice in that outfit. All this old thing, we're not even open to compliments. How are we going to be open to God's abundance? If a person wants to treat us to lunch or dinner, oh, I can't let you do that. Well, wait a minute. You're blocking the law of giving and receiving. You're not receiving, and you're not allowing the other person to give. And I'm not talking about people who are trying to manipulate you with shadiness. I'm talking about legitimate giving and receiving. Be open to letting people bless you. Be open to people blessing you. And be okay with asking for what you want. That's clear. Be clear. Be open to asking people for what you want and be open to allowing people to bless you. Be in that space. Be in the space of I'm not present good. My good can come from many channels. And what ends up happening is people will bless you with things and situations and experiences that you had no idea and the blessings keep flowing. So next week we're going to cover right giving the key to abundant receiving so make sure that you read the chapter ahead of time so we can just flow into it so as i'm going through the the points you have already developed a consciousness for it um i thank you all for sticking with me through this program and we're going to make it work in other words we're making it work we're making it work in the sense that we're developing a consciousness of of wealth 
prosperity and wholeness that will allow us to be a blessing for others. I want you to just leave with this question. How can you bless the others, including the ones you love, with a greater ability to manifest wealth? Just think about that. How can you bless others? How how can you be an impact in other people's lives? Who can you help when you become prosperous? Because that's what it's really about. With that, God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. Take a moment now to reflect on this message from Daily Word. Is something in your life causing you concern? Don't be discouraged. The presence of God is peace and harmony healing and creative ideas is with you every moment of every day providing the help you need in quiet moments of prayer let go of any concern anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible never doubt it for a single moment you are a spiritual being blessed with all that you need for happiness and fulfillment God's wisdom will guide you God's strength will help you do all that you need to do. And God's joy will lighten your heart with hope and courage. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life? and live the gift that you are. Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find 
What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.